G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Our guest through this coming hour has counselled thousands of grieving women following one or more abortions. She has her own story to tell. She's written two books, one of those called Redeeming Grief, Abortion and Its Pain, and another one called Hidden Pain, an insight into childhood sexual abuse. Our guest is Anne Lastman. Her ministry is called Victims of Abortion Trauma Counseling and Information Services. And Anne's joining us to talk through some significant issues this hour, and particularly around the value of a woman. Anne Lastman, welcome along to 2020. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm very well, Anne, and just so good to talk to you. Every time we have a conversation, uh, I'm always deepened in my understanding of what it is to see the value of humanity. And uh, I know that you are dealing with these things all the time. And I was so inspired when I read the front page of your last newsletter, Broken Branches, uh, where okay. you begin to... What did you like? What did, Neil, what did you like best of all about that article? Uh, what I liked best, and I, I picked out a question, and I, I mentioned this earlier as, as I was talking about you coming up on the program today. There's a question in there. Has society failed women demanding that they change their design as life bearer? And I think it has a, a significance about it because we often talk about equality between men and women, and when we talk about a society, and as you pose a question, has society failed women, uh, that stands out to me as being an important question to ask, Anne. Thank you. I, I believe that um, we've got it wrong. We've decided somewhere along the line in the last um, one or two generations that we're going to change um, the design of woman. From one which is which she was designed to be, and that is to be the carrier for the future of of life, into someone whose um, whose value is gauged on how, how many dollars uh, she can make, um, what kind of a CEO she can be, and and um, can she be a carpenter or or a plumber or whatever else. And in the meantime, her design as the feminine, as the most beautiful creature that God created to be, he, in fact, he entrusted the future into her care. And now what's happened in the last, say, 50 years, slowly, woman has even forgotten this, this thing about herself. And the more I see, and I've come to that conclusion because of how easy abortion has become. You know, that a woman takes her own baby to die because of someone tells her, her career tells her, um, something else tells her 
that she can take her baby to be killed. Now, that's, again, the design of woman. She's not designed to take her baby from her body to be killed. And hence, we've got a grieving society. Well, I don't want to uh, underestimate how deeply you think about these issues, Anne. And I know you have your own significant story and you spend the longest hours of your day counselling women who are going through uh, grief and trauma and the sort of grief and trauma that some will try to tell you just doesn't exist. But I wonder whether in your deep thinking about these issues, uh, how much of that is based on your own life experience. I wonder whether you can just uh, recount for us where these deep thoughts come about the value of womanhood. Well, some of these thoughts come uh, for me because I love God, um, you know, and I study scriptures. Um, For me, everything I do is, is underpinned by that. Uh, The fact that in my own experience I have been forgiven for two abortions and even though I know that, I know that without a shadow of a doubt, otherwise I wouldn't be able to do this for 21 years nearly. I just wouldn't be able to do, I'd break down. But there isn't a day that I don't remember the children and that I don't remember Miriam and Joseph. Uh, Even though I've got four other children, the Lord has blessed me. You know, he hasn't punished me. He's blessed me with four others. There should be two other children that aren't there because at that time, and that was many, many, many years ago, I chose to walk into abortion clinics. Um, and, And at that time, it was a career. It was because I had to go away. I had to leave a marriage in which there was domestic violence. I I had what appeared to be very good reasons. But my design, my design, my design was changed. When I look back on it, I think deeply that I should never have, that I would have recovered, that even if I had the children... I, 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 it's, it's only a temporary thing. It's, it's, that decision is situation-specific to that time that someone is thinking about the abortion. In two years, in one year, in five years, all the difficulties that present themselves as needing an abortion will have passed away, will have gone. And instead of being left with the enormous pain and a weight and a heaviness of heart, you are left instead with a baby that says, I love you, mummy. That's the difference. And this, because I remember, and I want to, by the way, don't think I want to forget because I don't. And I never, ever encourage any of my clients or girls, as I call them, to forget. That's not my intent. My intent is to help them to um, remember, but without pain. That's the, the, the main object of my, my work, to help them to remember their baby uh, uh, w- with all its history, but without pain. Uh, just enlarge for us, Anne, on this idea of a design for women. Now, of course... 
when you're a Christian, when you hold the Bible to be a powerful document, uh, the revelation of God himself and the way that he has designed humanity, uh, that is the foundation from where we come from. And so we talk about a design for men, a design for women. But if you ignore the Bible, you're you're supplanting that. You're you're putting another design in its place. Uh, this uh, pursuit of equality, this pursuit of careers, is that an alternate design that is actually taking women uh, down a track which ultimately they might regret? Absolutely. Uh, uh, the, the society has very slowly, uh, especially if we think about the last 50 years, um, has slowly begun to change what woman's role was always meant to be, and that was to be the life bearer, the, the, the life carrier. God entrusted woman to bring forward a baby. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, I know it's going to sound politically very incorrect, but no matter how much a man tries, he can't bring forward a baby. You know, a woman is designed to be able to carry in her body, in her body, a child, which will go on to create a new future, a new generation, which continues the work of creation. God created the original two. And then he said, now you go forth and continue the same as I've done. And together, the three of them create the future. And what we, as I'm sorry, it's we women, chose at some point to throw away our bras, as, as, as um, Jermaine Greer said, and follow a different road, which hasn't enhanced anybody. It hasn't enhanced society at all. It hasn't enhanced women at all. What it's done is changed her slowly. And remember, when, when change comes, it doesn't happen all at once. It happens very, very slowly. And, you know, I had this argument with, um, or debate, or we'll call it what you will, with someone about a week or two or three ago recently about changing the laws to stop abortion. And I said, I'm sorry, you've got it wrong. We can, no law, no man-made law can stop abortion because we had laws for hundreds of years um, and it didn't stop abortion. In fact, abortion has been going on since time immemorial. What needs to change, especially today, and the numbers of abortion we have today, 50 million worldwide. That we... uh, Anne, are you still with us? Yep. Yes, I am. Sorry. You dropped out uh, just briefly there. That's okay. Uh, can you hear me now? I can. Yep. Let okay. me ask you. Let me ask you to uh, to enlarge for us on this idea of being a life bearer, because yeah. as you say, I'm going to say something very politically incorrect when you'd start talking about that. But there is something of an issue here because equality in our society tends to be measured on uh, whether a woman earns the same amount of money as a man. And this issue of being a life bearer uh, considered to be something of less than equality with a man. I wonder how you talk about 
how you measure equality uh, uh, in the way that you discuss uh, the value of a life bearer as a woman? Neil, we are both male and female. We are equal. A woman can be a carpenter. A woman can be a CEO. A woman can be a, a plumber. A woman can be a butcher. There's nothing wrong with with women being equal. And God didn't create a woman to be lesser than. That that's not the issue. The 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 issue is that a woman was created for a special job. God designed her in such a way that um, she brings forward the future. She brings forward life. And as I said before, no matter how much a male tries, the only way it can happen is artificially. That is not God's design. I'm sorry, a woman who was called a helper in the beginning, she can help. There's nothing wrong with that. A woman can be the CEO of, of a huge company because the intelligence is there. That's not saying that she's not equal. She's totally equal, but absolutely totally different. And the male and the female both have been created to do a certain task. And the divine task for women is to bring forth a child. That's her first and foremost task. Anything else she can do, anything else is a learned something. But to bring and nurture and grow within her body a child which God says is the future. Only a woman can do that. It has nothing to do with male and female. God designed it that way. And uh, playing around with what God has designed, we are playing into Satan's hands. I'm sorry if you don't like the word Satan, but we are playing into Satan's hands by what we're doing uh, today with the experimentations. It's interesting, you know, recently we had the story of a three-parent baby. We have millions of babies aborted, and yet we play around with the genetic material of man and woman for the creation of a baby. It's crazy. We are flouting God's law. We are, we are sinning. Maybe the word sin is not such a good thing these days, but we are committing a huge sin by playing God in this area. And I want to invite our listeners to participate in our conversation today and open up our talkback lines. If you'd like to contribute to our conversation, perhaps you agree with Anne, you might disagree with Anne. Uh, alternative opinions are invited. Uh, 1-800-316-316. Our talkback line is open. We are talking about the, the issue of abortion uh, more pointedly, but today talking about the value of a woman. Sometimes uh, we'll talk about abortion and we'll talk about the value of the child, and we don't want to discount that. Uh, but the focus of the conversation today really is on the mother of that child. It's on women.
In fact, Anne, you say that abortion is the ultimate exploitation of women and it's a reflection of a society which has failed women. Uh, that's a, they're strong words that you brought. Yes, I have, and I mean every single little letter of it because the way society has failed women is to convince them that her ultimate value is in the dollar sign. Her ultimate value is to compete against the male of the species. It's balderdash. It's rubbish. Woman does not have to compete against the male. She has to be her own design. She has to be magnificent at what she does best, and that is her body gives life. Her body nurtures life. Her body helps to create life, and her body brings forth life. That is her most magnificent um, essence. Everything else can be learned. Uh, you know, a, a, um, a carpenter doesn't isn't born a carpenter. They learn it. Uh, um, uh, any other career, you learn it. But woman has written in her design that she brings forth a child, that she nurtures that child, that she loves that child, that she she. In fact, I love the idea that came to my head. And, I'm trying to write a book on it, that God entrusted the future into her hands. Just think of that. God entrusted the future into the hands of woman. Now, he had high expectations of woman. He believed that woman can be this and can do this. And he created her really strong in order to be able to do this. And yet in our time and, and in my two generations, I can see that woman has despised this in her body. She, has, she is taking her baby to die. And this is why there's grief. You know, because it's not because she has seen the child. In most cases, because it's early abortion, she hasn't even felt the child. So what is creating this, this dissension in her being, in her spirit? What is causing this, this anguish and pain and grief for a long time, sometimes for many, many years? What is it? Because after all, she hasn't seen it, she hasn't held it, she hasn't felt it. And what is causing this is that her design has been fractured. It's no longer what it used to be. How does society um, um, do this, abandon women? Society does this by telling women that her value is different, by not, by making um, pregnancy, first of all, making it an illness, ridiculous you know women have been pregnant since we know it by changing her belief in herself she has changed 
from one to the other. She's made childbearing, um, you know, something that you just do in your spare time, uh, the year that you take off from maternal leave. Yep. That's what, what it's changed to. We're taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. You might like to join our conversation today. Let's hear from Matthew in Penrith, in Sydney. Hello, Matthew. Welcome along to twenty twenty. Thanks a lot. Overall, I I disagree with abortion. However, I think there is one case where abortion could be uh, looked at as a medical thing where. The, the mother's life is severely in danger of being lost you know, through ectopic pregnancy or you know, somewhere where the baby is going to, to literally poison or kill the mother before uh, anything near due term. Good thought, Matthew. Well, your response, Anne Lastman, when there are particular issues uh, that endanger the mother? Matthew... Um no medical person, no medical professional will allow an ectopic pregnancy to continue. This is something that's happened all the way through, where the mother's life is in danger. We're not talking about that at all in any way. We're, I, I've heard about all the hard cases. I deal with the hard cases. In fact, I've had a, a lady who has grieved and I've worked with her and I had to convince her that it was the right thing. She had what she called an abortion because of the next topic pregnancy. Now, no medical, no church, nobody would say that she needs to continue with that because she will die anyway. She and the baby will die anyway. So this isn't continued, uh, uh, considered an abortion the way we um, consider an abortion. Recently, I, I spoke to someone who had an abortion at six months. Nothing wrong except that the boyfriend left. Now, that's an abortion. That's a decision. We're not talking about the hard, you know, the ectopic pregnancy. No medical profession will allow that pregnancy to continue. Matthew from Penrith in New South Wales, thank you so much for your call today. one 316 If you'd like to join in our conversation, let's take a call from Barbara in South Australia. Hello, Barbara. Welcome along. I'm from Western Australia. Oh, sorry, Barbara. I, I, <laughs> I've got a little typo on my note here. You're in, whereabouts are you in WA? I'm in uh, south of Bunbury in WA. Well, Barbara, what are your thoughts on our discussion today? I think she's totally wrong in a lot of things. I'm a woman, I'm 72 years old, and I was never born to be able to have children. So what can she say that a woman is born and brought into this world to bear children? Not everybody, not every woman and not every man is brought into this world to be able to have and bear children. And so... She has to think, I couldn't have children. It was one wish. I wanted to have children. So her, her philosophy of all, the, all what she's saying is totally wrong. Uh, let's get a response then. Uh, your thoughts then, uh, Anne, on what Barbara is saying. Yeah. Hi, Barbara. Really, I'm not saying that um, you've done anything wrong. Our, the woman's design 
that's woman, is to bear children. The fact that you can't and, and it was it was impossible, that's how it's it, it is for you. I come from a, a place where babies are aborted for all the silly, what we call stupid reasons. I'm not saying that you've done anything wrong, and I wouldn't ever dream of that. It has woman the way God designed it, man and woman, originally was for woman to carry forth a child. The fact that your body couldn't hold a child, that's not your intention. That wasn't what you decided. That was something that happened with your body. What I deal with mostly is those who've decided that, you know, I don't want a baby. And this baby is causing me problems. My boyfriend, my husband, my parents, my auntie, my whoever has pushed me into having an abortion. So, Barbara, I'm sorry, sweetie, that you weren't able to have, but I stand by what I say. The design of woman is to have a child. Now, along the way, I've lost also a baby by miscarriage. I know that, that I didn't cause that one. I caused the death of two. And I'm going to need to yeah. interrupt because we're about to go to news. And I want to thank Barbara from WA for making the call today. And I hope that has clarified uh, those issues. Uh, a number of very patient callers who've been waiting on the line. Let's take a call, Anne, from uh, Mary Ann in Adelaide in South Australia. Hello, Mary Ann. Welcome along to 2020. Thank you, and good morning to you both. I really resonate with Anne's um, sentiments and thoughts and reflections on all this. When I was pregnant with my third child, I had um, uh, I was thinking about Christ and how he came in the womb of Mary and that whole um, um, the, the the beauty of God coming into the world, coming into the world as man. And it dawned on me; I had a deep revelation that my own carrying of my own child I was part of God's creative plan and I can't explain it when you get touched that deeply there's this understanding of who you are in, in this particular role and um, I must ad I must admit that some of the women I speak to we all have the same feelings that our society has totally um, abandoned the beauty of uh, womanhood by just making us, like you say, a dollar value. And uh, I think I'm seeing that my children are getting that kind of message and uh, are not really totally happy with that either. Um, but uh, that's all I can say. I don't know what more I can Mary say. Mary Ann, great thoughts. Let's get a response. Anne Lastman, your response to Mary Ann? Thank you, Mary Ann. It's exactly, you've just explained in, in really good words what I'm trying to say. Um, this is, and I'm so glad for that revelation that you had because once you have that, you are certain. There's a surety in that, that you know that as a feminine, what you, you are created for. 
And that's beautiful. This is beautiful. This is my understanding of the feminine. It isn't that I'm putting down anyone who works, who, who needs to work, etc. It's nothing like that. It is our understanding that we must take back what God gave us. We need to take it back because society has convinced women to give it away. And that's a great tragedy because as long as we, we women continue to think like that, children and babies will die. No amount of laws will, will change that. The woman has to take back her child or even any other child that she knows is in danger. Woman must protect the child. Thank you so much to Mary Ann from Adelaide for your insight today here on 2020. one 316 to contribute to our conversation. Penny is on the line from Tasmania. Hello, Penny. Welcome to 2020. Hello, Neil. Hello, Anne. Hi, Penny. Even though I've not experienced everything that you've spoken about, I can't help but agree 100% with everything you've said and and um, some will not understand this others have been wonderfully supportive in that, in that um, even though I've never had children that I've always wanted um, he's given me two alternate children I don't know if you can understand that. I've got yes, a whole menagerie, actually. And, um, uh, um, and, and I, I really sensed in myself that he had given me a, um, a... Uh, Penny, you've got your radio on in the background. It might be worthwhile if you can turn that down. I think it's distracting you a little. And uh, just while I... You turn it down for a moment because uh, Anne Penny is Penny is one who, with her husband, who has protested on the streets uh, in Hobart uh, with oh, the yes. bubble laws. Yes. And uh, yes. Penny has been a pro-life advocate. She's risen to prominence because she was arrested for doing that and what a brave courageous woman Penny is and uh, I wonder if you've got a, a reflection on the things that Penny was sharing uh, just before she comes back um, What Penny's saying is that she's taken control of love Imagine that she's ta- Even though she's, she's suffered and couldn't have the children she wanted She's taken control of God's word and love. She's fulfilling the mandate of woman in, in, the, in the ways that she can. And just as I said to the previous caller, it's, it's not, the, not God's fault or anybody's fault or it's that we can't or she can't carry a child, but she mm. still is fulfilling a mandate to love the child or other children and that's why she does what she does if if she couldn't be bothered she would be out there um i don't know building new roads um she's out there defending the right of child to be born that's why she got arrested and i'm i'm one of those who 
also before this job became too big, I used to stand outside abortion clinics and pray. Not because I understood that the child going inside was going to die. Mm. And as a Christian, I couldn't allow that child to die alone. Mm. Because, because the mother, remember the mother is fast asleep. She can't protect the child. The father's usually outside smoking or having a coffee. The doctor certainly, or the so-called doctor, can't do anything for that child, and neither can the nurses. So I'm out there praying into heaven that child who's dying, and I suspect that Penny is doing exactly that. Yes. We know we can't. We know we can't save them, even though in my own way, I there are 23 children who are walking around and going to school because I walked with their mums. Now, and you, Penny, are doing, you've taken on board love of children, even if they're not your own. Thank you. Very welcome, darling. Keep doing it. Thank you. Penny from Tasmania, thanks so much for your input today here on 2020. We are taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Jean in Queensland. Hello, Jean. Welcome along. Yes. uh, Hello, Neil. Uh, My name's Janine. Oh, sorry, Janine. Yes. Um, I'm very uh, thankful to have just heard Penny speaking, by the way. Yes, that was very, very... um, very, very helpful for me. And um, also, I want to say to do with the value of a woman. Now, um, my much older brother than me, um, who was never married, he's in his late 60s now, um, or about 10 years ago, said to me, I'm the mother of four children, said to me, you only have children to talk to. And... Um, he has, he made me feel guilty and worthless and um, he has never married because his girlfriend broke it off with him when he was in his 20s and he's bitter against women and um, he's taken it down on me. If you want to read in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 15 in the Bible about pulling out the root of bitterness, well, he's taken it out, his bitterness on me, his much younger sister. But I also wanted to say also that I am very upset with the New South Wales Health Commission back in 1975 because when I was 19, after my mother died, I decided I wanted to have a child to replace my mother. I was not a Christian and I had a steady boyfriend and um, I got pregnant and then I, I told my boyfriend that I wanted a child and then he then said to me, um, you know, um, uh, I hardly heard it back in 1975. He then said to me, oh, I want you to have an abortion. And I'd hardly heard of it. But um, I'm also against evolution because evolution, I believe, was the cause of that baby's death, one of the reasons. Um, because when I was at high school in Sydney, uh, state high, public high, um, we were taught evolution as a fact, and we were taught as a fact that babies have fish gills in the womb. You know, the fetus has fish gills um, at a stage. 
because they were trying to prove evolution. And, of course, that was later found to be very fraudulent um, and, and thrown out by even the evolution scientists. But uh, the fact is, when I thought my baby was just a blob in the womb at, when I was 19, I thought it was just a blob. Uh, and, and 10 weeks, uh, well, I went to the New South Wales Health Commission and I said, I do not know what to do. My boyfriend wants me to have an abortion, but I don't know what to do. And the, she was just out of university, 21-year-old girl handed me a piece of paper with an abortion clinic phone number on it at Arncliffe at the time, Arncliffe, Sydney. Dr Jefferson, the famous abortionist, uh, ran the clinic, but it was not known to be that. He had it running under a different name. But uh, anyway, um, uh, so I ended up having that abortion and um, later on I found out in, in that era that the New South Wales government had pregnancy help centres all over Sydney and I didn't, I didn't even know about them. You didn't even know, and uh, let's get a let's get an insight and response here from Anne Lastman. And uh, it's a story I'm sure is familiar to uh, to you, as uh, many women probably have a similar story. Janine, it's it's the story you're telling is is the normal story, uh, especially of the older generation. I had an 85 year old lady who was afraid to die. Because now she had a ba- uh, abortion when she was 17. Her boyfriend made her do it. And she was at 85 afraid to die because God would hate her and her little girl, her baby girl, was going to hate her also. So you see, Janine, there's nothing you're saying that's new to me. Um, the words you're using, you know, that your boyfriend told you, well, that's a normal uh, pretty much a normal, and and because a girl, remember, a girl who's pregnant feels very very vulnerable, especially if if, if her family's encouraging abortion, if her boyfriend is encouraging abortion. There's a um, a guy in Canada, Professor Philip Nye, and I heard him speak in Australia. He said that where partners support. The vast majority of pregnancies aren't aborted. Janine, in your case, you weren't supported. And because you didn't know any different, you went with that. It was pretty much the same for me. Mine were around that same time. I couldn't see how I was going to manage with two children um, and, and on my own. I couldn't see how I was going to manage And I think, um, I I have to believe that God looks at our hearts and he knows the history and he knows the situation and responds with with love and forgiveness. And our babies are with him and they grow up into the beautiful creatures that were meant to be. So Janine, be at peace. Give your baby a name and write the baby's name in your scriptures in the back of your Bible and don't, don't about it because your baby is resting in the Lord. Janine, thank you so much for your call today here on 2020. 
Uh, we are taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. You might like to contribute uh, to our conversation. We may have time for another uh, one or two, and I know that there actually are some uh, waiting on the line as we are. We're going to continue our conversation in just a few moments. And Lastman is our guest. Uh, we're talking through those issues. Has society failed women? demanding that they change their design as a life bearer. And picking up on what Anne has been sharing, a woman must fight for the child entrusted in her care. We're back with more in just a few moments. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our conversation is about a pro-life issue, but really with a special intent today to talk about the value of a woman. And Lastman is our guest. The ministry is called Victims of Abortion, Trauma Counselling and Information Services. There is a website, victimsofabortion.com.au. We are taking calls. Uh, and let's take a call from Ruth. Ruth is in Brisbane. Hello, Ruth. Welcome along to 2020. Yes, um, it's um, just such a, a needful conversation and I was just reading that beautiful scripture from the Psalms for you formed my inward parts, you wove me and knit me together in my mother's womb. Um, I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made and uh, wonderful are the works of your hands and my soul knows it very well. And um, as any life, whether it's a baby that the Lord God Almighty is knitting together in the mother's womb or an elderly person or a disabled child or any formed you know human creation that God creates very very special and not any child or elderly person or babe who's all helpless these children and older older people should be, their lives should be snatched or taken against their wills, I believe. And that's why it's so very, very wrong, this euthanasia or any kind of threat to a human life of any kind. And, um, you know, because uh, yep. I'll just say that my mother's... Um, Ruth, let me just cut in because we're running short of time. A quick response on uh, those things that Ruth is sharing. Anne? Um, Neil, I don't really think there's a need for a response because she's just spoken the words that the Lord has said. So I don't really think there's anything. We know that to take the life of an infant in the womb or an elderly or disabled is an attack against God. Ruth from Brisbane, thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. Time for one more call. Let's hear from Susan in Horsham in Victoria. Hello, Susan. Thanks for waiting on the line. No worries. What are your thoughts, Susan? Um, I just wanted to respond um, because I'm hearing um, pain in in a lot of the women and particularly the woman who wasn't able to have children. Um, I've never had a child. I would have loved to have had a child. Um, but I'm comforted by Isaiah that says, blessed is the barren woman. The Lord has called me to be a spiritual mother, and I've worked with orphans in Thailand, and um, I'm a teacher. And I know that that is my calling to be a mother, and that's very much part of who I am as a woman. I haven't given birth, but I'm still a mother. And I just wanted to you know, affirm what's been said, that I've been designed to be a mother, 
whether I've given birth or not, that's still my calling. And I and yeah, just to just to um, acknowledge the pain of women that don't actually give birth to their own children. Susan, let's get a response from Anne. Anne, your thoughts on what Susan's sharing? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Susan. I think you've understood uh, what the Lord and what I've been trying to say that your design is feminine to give birth. And as you physically couldn't give birth, you are giving birth and life to other children who need it. So there's no judgment, there's nothing. I think what I've tried to say in this time is that society has attempted to change in the last two generations what we women generally were designed to do, and that is to uh, bear, nurture, protect the child in the womb. And where it's not possible that we care about other children who, who've got no one to care for them. So, Susan, it's okay. There's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. What I'm talking about is the 50 million abortions a year of babies that there's nothing wrong the 120,000 in Australia, a land that's empty, and and they're killed year in, year out. A woman takes them in. Thank you so much to Susan. Appreciate your call and to all those who called uh, through the hour. And uh, time drawing to a close, if I point people to the victimsofabortion.com.au, that is your website. Uh, yes, people it is, are able to access two books that you've written, uh, one of those called Redeeming Grief, Abortion and Its Pain, another one, Hidden Pain, an Insight into Childhood Sexual Abuse. Now, well, that's another topic we're going to cover one day, aren't we, Neil? It is another topic altogether, and uh, just uh, pointing to that, though, your ministry, Anne, is called Victims of Abortion, Trauma Counselling and Information Services, and, and it's a uh, it's a counselling service that survives uh, quite often on on people making donations to to keep you afloat. How how would you like people to support the sorts of things that you share? Neil, in nearly 21 years, I have not written an invoice. I have an arrangement with my boss in heaven um, that as long as he keeps the money coming, I will keep the work going. When he stops, I know that he wants me to stop and I can go and play golf. But at the moment, he's keeping the money. I live on donations alone. I pay rent and I pay the bills and everything else. And no, I don't draw a salary uh, because the donations don't allow for that. So anyone who might want to, they can either buy the books and that helps uh, run the office uh, or they can send a donation if they choose to or just, if nothing else, please pray for this work. Well, you have counselled thousands of women over the years and no doubt there'll be some who'll be listening into our conversation today saying I'd like to connect with Anne. In fact I I imagine that some people might like to read the article that sparked my imagination in your latest uh, edition of Broken Branches. It's just simply entitled Woman. Uh, So I'll point people to the website for a place to connect with you. Victims of Abortion .com.au and Lastman, always good getting your insights. Thanks so much for taking time to talk to us today on 2020. Pleasure, Neil. We'll do it again soon. 
Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.